You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doctors Running Podcast, where we, a group of doctors of physical therapy, talk about the art and the science of the things that we put on their feet. Today, I am very happy to have DJ with, we're going to do a combined review of a couple shoes, talk about a couple concepts. It's been a, it's, we I guess we usually do this, right? It's usually me and you or Andrew and I are like, so this is, a, this should be good because I feel like we often disagree on things. So this makes the episode really, really fun because we actually get some contrast as opposed to just saying yes, yes, yes. Although I'm a little concerned because I think you were right. I'm going to admit you were right now about something we're going to review, but maybe our opinions have changed a little bit. So this should be a good episode. We're going to talk about maximally cushioned shoes, especially cushioned trainers. But first, before we talk about that, we're going to talk about our DOR giving. So this is really important, both for myself as well as this team, that every, and as people know, we are very fortunate that Doctors Running is starting to make an income. And as part of our mission, we really, really want to give back. And so each month, we pick a charity that we are going to donate a portion of our earnings to. And so this month, it came back to me, and I'm very, very excited to be able to choose the Students Run Los Angeles group. So Students Run LA is a really awesome charity and nonprofit organization that helps students and and individuals from underserved communities get out there and start running. Usually the goal is to prepare them for the LA Marathon, but they have expanded beyond that, and they're doing lots of local races and runs, and it's all about from from their website, they said the mission of the Students Run LA is to challenge underserved secondary students to experience benefits of goal setting, care development, adult mentoring, and improved health by providing them with a truly life-changing experience, the training and completion of the LA Marathon. Like I said, that's not just what they do. There's a lot of other things that they do, and I'm really going to encourage you to go to their website. It's studentsrunla.org, and check out all they do, especially in the LA area, just because getting people running, getting people moving is so important, not just from a health standpoint, but we have seen all this stuff about psychological health. And so I really applaud them for what they're doing and getting people involved and not just students. So please check them out. We're very happy and honored to be able to donate to them. And that donation will be coming through very shortly. So going back to what we're going to be looking at today, we're going to be talking about Max Cushion Trainers. So obviously our subjective is going to be, right, what is your favorite Max Cushion shoe? Not super shoe, right? Because a lot of the super shoes and the racing shoes are Max Cushion, but something like, you know, a Bondi, what 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 have you really, really enjoyed? So I'm gonna ask David first, what is your favorite Max Cushion shoe right now? Yeah, I've got a couple in mind. Um right before the episode we we're talking a tiny bit about it, and I was like, ah, there's probably a good three or four I could toss up, but there's right. a couple off the top of my head that I have two distinct categories for, even within the maximalist category. One is the on cloud monster, like you're holding up. It's just a very versatile I maximal cushion shoe that I can log daily miles in i can turn over in. i can do a little bit of trail if i really need to but it's still like i don't know the kind of like that firm but still maximalist cushion type shoe that works really well for my mechanics the other one would be the craft ctm ultra 2 so non-carbon version it's a great choice i actually like it without the plate it's a little bit lighter on foot I, i feel a little bit more nimble 
And then you have a, just enough outsole to where you can still feel comfortable on road and on trail. And a lot of the running I do is in like horse trails or like some runnable trail conditions. I don't go too much into the mountains here as much, but it does just fine for what I need it for. So I've been pretty happy with it. Um, 40 millimeters of stack in this one. I never got the exact number on the Cloud Monster, but um, both thick boys that perform well. Yeah. I the the craft shoes that we got I got a really I I really liked the ultra carbon uh I gotta say those were legit those were great road and definitely trail shoes I really really enjoyed them I am also interested in your I was not surprised by your pick with the cloud monster just because I, I have to say this is the first cloud shoe that actually felt cushioned which is again they're not going about the the clouds right but I think they did a good job and I I agree with you I don't think you're you're better at making this shoe turn over than I am and I I am terrified that you would use I mean you use everything on trails but I don't think I would use this on trails personally but David can take anything on trails and he will survive me oh man there was maybe a not shoe so much today I took oh my goodness well we'll be talking about it later yeah we'll be talking about it uh, but, it did okay it did okay enough yeah. my ankles are alive but. yeah I think there's been a lot of them that I've really, really enjoyed. Hopefully, I'm not violating that. People have talked about this shoe. The Shift has kind of been my go-to favorite maximalist shoe for many, many years. And now I've got the Shift 3 that I just completed my miles on. I'll be getting a review out. I am really enjoying this shoe. It's It got a little bit more snug, but it's slightly softer. And I can turn over really well in this shoe. They lost a lot of weight. But the Saucony Endorphin Shift 3 is probably my top one and favorite. A lot of the ones we're going to talk about are really close and doing a really, really great job. So... Yeah, any other thoughts on on favorites or stuff coming up? Well, you usually say you've got something you can't talk about, right? Oh, but you know what? I think for I'm once, I don't yeah. think I have anything I can't talk about you in don't. this category. Yeah. Uh-oh. However, I will give a shout out to right. the Asics Glide Ride 3. That's a shoe that has a very fun, snappy feel to it. I would throw it in the Max yeah. Mouse category. And if, you know, that's a good long run shoe for me. It definitely is. That makes sense. So let's, let's talk about, so David, how do you define a maximalist training shoe? Well, it sounds kind of like straightforward, but what what do you think? Yeah, I mean, when we take a look at what was used to be a traditional running shoe, I feel like they didn't really go north of 30 that often as far as heel uh, stack height in the heel being in millimeters. So more than three centimeters of stack in the heel. Um, However, in more recent times, we've seen pretty much every company under the moon go north of that. If it's under 30, they start calling it a low profile shoe, which is just crazy. You know, but it is what it is, and that's just how the industry has moved. I would probably say, for me, maximalist definition would probably be anything north of 35 when you start encroaching on that IAAF standard a little bit. I mean, that's for racing shoes on road racing, but I feel like when you're north of 35 millimeters of stack in the heel, you start to get a little bit saucy in the heel, so... um, I would probably define it as 35 millimeters in the heel, regardless of whatever the drop ratio is, just having it high enough to where like, okay, that's pretty high. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you starting to get that heel set. When you get 35 in the forefoot, that's where things get a little bit nuts. But we're going to talk about a shoe that actually does that. Um, And that's actually becoming more common, at least among racing shoes, among trainers that hasn't been. There's been a couple. eh, Is that necessarily true? There's been a couple and they're increasing. The first one we're going to talk about is one of the OGs of like super maximalist shoes. So we actually have the Bondi 8 on our feet, which is, again, at, correct me if I'm wrong. I would call that one of the OGs of maximalist shoes. Hoka being one of the companies that kind of really got this going about making these huge like high stack height shoes. And the new Bondi, 
I'm actually really enjoying. I thought I was going to hate this, but I actually am really, really enjoying it. So do you have the, you have the specs for this of what we do know? All right. Let me go. So I've got those. So the newest one is – so the old version used to be pretty heavy. We're usually north of 11 ounces. This one's coming in at 10.8 ounces in a men's size 9. My size 10 is coming in at 12 ounces. David, do you have a size 9.5? My scale is right behind me. Let's do a live weigh-in. Ah, let's say we'll do a live weigh and we'll see what happens. I do feel like I weighed it before a sub two that we did. I want to say it was just a tiny bit north of 11. But let me take a look. We're doing a live weigh in. We have the Hoka Bondi men's 9.5 gray colorway. Tiny bit of wear. I've got about 20 miles or so on these. So I don't know if that'll affect it. There's a little bit of dirt as well. So maybe the dirt will add some grams or whatever. But we're looking at 11.3 ounces in my 9.5 from my right shoe. All right. There we go. So still lighter than the older version. So it's not meant to be a lightweight trainer. It's not meant to be a racing shoe. It's probably one of Hoka's best-selling shoes, both for running as well as for walking. So this is a classic shoe you'll see, not just on runners, but you'll see, I see this shoe everywhere now in all its different versions. I have a lot of- Big walking shoe Big walking shoe. I have a lot of patients that use this shoe that really, really enjoy it. It can be really, really nice for people with foot and ankle mobility issues, just because obviously with this much stack, it is, it's got to be really rocker to help roll you forward because there's not a lot of flexibility. No plate like the Bondi X, um, but just you can't have that much flexibility with this much stack height. Although they put some more grooves in here. Yeah. So that was interesting to have that. But yeah, this is one of the OG Supermax cushion shoes. It does feel softer than some of the other versions. I haven't run a full amount in the other ones, but just initial step and feel. It's felt softer underfoot. They have said there's a new foam here. It still feels like eva to me but you know it's it definitely is starting to give a little bit more i david was what called me out on this he was like because i didn't like this shoe initially and i was like uh this is gonna suck whatever and then as it broke in i actually did a workout i did a fart lick in this shoe and it performed okay i was actually impressed i would not advise that this is not a fast shoe but that much foam actually compressed really nice under the foot so um, any day I can run faster, my, my wife is good and she got mad, but that's how things go. We're both really competitive with each other, but we support each other. Uh, stack height. So I, Hoka hasn't posted this yet, but I've had to do a little bit of digging. Somebody please correct me if I'm wrong on this, but the stuff that I'm seeing is said 39 millimeters in the heel, 35 in the forefoot for a four. We know there's a four millimeter drop. I would say that's probably even higher. Wouldn't be surprised if it actually topped out at 40 millimeters, 36 millimeters. It's somewhere in there. It's somewhere in being like super max cushion. The midsole does look taller than it really is just because the foot does sit down with the classic sidewalls. And I do really like that because it creates, you know, kind of a more like guided ride without being a stability shoe. But it's definitely stable and it's been nice. I thought it was going to be really heavy and clunky. The fit. Let's talk about fit. So let's go back. So what, what are your initial impressions of this shoe? Yeah, I mean, I will say the responsiveness of the shoe for a shoe that's this heavy. I found myself running a little bit faster than I thought I was running. With that said, I don't think it's something that I want to push the pace in per se, but like easy rhythmic running. I think the rocker on it's done pretty well. Mm -hmm. The transition through the midfoot, it can be a little bit of a lag time. And I think some of that's also just breaking because the foam itself with the Bondi specifically over time, it's always been kind of like a firmer foam, but a lot of it. So it still ends up being plenty of cushioning underfoot. Um, I remember in the early days, I think the first Bondi I ran and was in Bondi three, I believe. And I remember 
not having my proprioception, not knowing where my feet were. And I remember like very distinctly being like, oh crap, I can't like step on these rocks. I don't know where my foot's going to land. That's changed. I definitely trust the shoe way more than I used to. And some of that might even just be some experience with the company at this point. But what I will say is the shoe is very stable on foot. You have that firmer platform as far as the foam goes. You have a lot of sidewalls through the midfoot and rear foot coming right through there. The fit is a, more accommodating than it has been in the past. It's still a little bit narrow through the midfoot like most Hoka's are, but way, way more forgiving. I mean, like, it did not irritate the medial longitudinal arch in any way. No blisters, nothing there. Um, a lot of sole flaring going on in the forefoot specifically, which did give you a really stable platform to lever off from when you are rolling through that forefoot. The heel has it, but not quite as dramatic as, say, the forefoot. So overall, I mean, it was a pretty balanced rocker throughout. You definitely do feel it. Like you feel like you're kind of rolling through. And I think some yeah. of that is the firmer foam. It doesn't decompress quite as much as say other foams do. So you feel the geometry of the platform a little bit more. Traction underfoot's also pretty good, I think. I mean, it's about as close to full yeah. contact as you can get without adding too, too much weight to an already big shoe. So I think they did a pretty good job with it. I mean, I think the versatility of the shoes pretty well. I mean, I've taken this in some trail and it did fine. I didn't take it. This one was, I didn't really want to take it in anything too dramatic. So, I mean, more runnable trail, what we're talking, but, um, it has some nice versatility to it. And it's kind of like that easy day shoe. I don't want to look at my watch. I'll check it later and just kind of click off the miles as you go. Um, but for that purpose, it seemed to work pretty well. I think my security, uh, as far as the upper and the platform goes, was pretty good. Um, I was able to turn, do everything I needed to do in it, and I didn't really feel like I was insecure in any way. And I didn't feel like I was on a top-heavy platform that I'm going to fall off of. I felt pretty grounded as well. So overall, I think they did a pretty good job as far as those go from my initial impressions. And I, I would totally agree with you on all of those aspects where, you know, I having not run done a ton of mileage in a bondi in a while the upper was a little bit of a shock to me because i think there was so much shoe there i was expecting a wider fit but knowing deep down going the bondi has always fit more narrow and it's kind of more classic for hoka fit uh it was great in the heel and midfoot because it actually helps lock your foot in really well the toe box was a little tough for me at first because i tend to be a little sensitive to that so i was getting some like foot feel like toe pain initially but as as the upper's broken that's been fine it does have a little bit more snug fit throughout so if you do need more room they do have a large and extra large size or wide and extra wide sizes if you do need that that's very classic given how well the shoe um sells especially as a walking shoe so just know if you need more room that those that stuff is available I totally agree that for the most part, even though I wasn't supposed to do a workout in like a far like in this, and it was really low, low key. It wasn't like I was trying to hit a certain pace. But this is a this is a recovery shoe. This is a daily training shoe. This is a long run shoe. This is a shoe that you go pound out miles in because you can do that. And it's got tons of foam underfoot. It's very stable, not a stability shoe way. Like you said, the sole flaring is done really well and not in a way that can get in the way. Because that's definitely an issue. There are some shoes that flare out so much that you're going to get an early initial contact. And the taller the shoe is, the longer that lever arm is going to be and the more you're going to pivot. That was not a problem at all in this shoe. I have no idea how I'm landing just because proprioception is not going to be great in this. But because the sidewalls are done so well, your foot's really locked in on the platform. So I didn't have to worry, even while turning, about whether my foot was going to roll off. And I... (laughs) You the same thing. I'd be. I took it on a couple light trails, aggressive trails where it's really rocky. Go for their trail models. Don't don't do that. But 
it's been nice. It's been great. I really thought I was going to hate this because I generally don't like heavier super max kind of shoes unless they're a little can move a little quicker. This actually did really well. It's really and the rocker is nice. It's not getting in the way, but I would agree things just go a little slower most of the time. I would turn, don't worry about your watch. This is just for getting recovery miles in. So I am impressed. And I, I also the sole, I was expecting this to be a brick. But like you said, I think the fact that there's so much foam, even though it is firmer, the more this breaks in, the nicer it's been. So that's that's kind of been nice. And yeah, first Bondi I've gotten full mileage in, in a long, probably since the original, actually. I've tried all the other ones on, but we've never gotten them sent to us. And I remember back when I was working in running stores when this came, this shoe was out in version one and two, and it's really come a long way. That shoe, I, the first version was like, absolutely not. This is a clunker. It's heavy. Getting that, dropping it down to like 10.8 ounces for this is nuts. Like it's, I got to give them credit. I feel like for the thick boy category, if you're under 11 ounces, that's pretty darn solid. And that's pretty solid, especially this is like the OG Thick Boy, yeah. too. So, that's impressive. But, yeah, traction's doing good. I am really... What do you think about the new the new outsole pattern? You mentioned it a little bit earlier, but it's it's interesting to see how they're trying to save weight and start using some of these cutaways. Yeah. It's still got a stiff right. It's not flexible, but they can still get away with doing that. That's obviously going to help probably a major area they got rid of some weight. Yeah, I think it definitely brought some of the weight down. Take, anytime you take rubber off, it's one of the heaviest things that you could put on a shoe. So um, anytime right. you could take some of it off and get away with it, that's a good thing. I think they did a pretty good job having some flex grooves as well through the forefoot. They got two different areas there. I don't know. I mean, this is a pretty stiff shoe overall, but it things change when you load them. When you're putting multiple times your body weight into the right. ground, these things will flex a little bit more. And I think that does smoothen out that forefoot rocker out a little bit as well. And I think they did a good job of making that still yeah. feel decently natural while still giving you a pretty sharp rocker ride. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's especially important for, for those that walk versus run. So you might get a, di I've noticed a different ride in this when, when you're doing those two things. And as you mentioned, it's cause your body weight's going to be different. So body weight, for walking is times one because that's the standard, right? It's just your body weight. But when you run, it's four to five times your body weight with every step. So that you, yeah, it's going to totally load the shoe differently. And I feel like you're totally right. Where walking, you're going to still maintain that stiffness. Running, you're probably going to bend it, which, you know, smooths things out a little bit. I think one thing too, I think they did a pretty good job with just kind of like a last little note. The tongue itself is also yeah. really padded and it doesn't feel like it takes away yeah. from the upper of it. It gives it kind of a little bit of a plush-esque feel to it. But anytime you have a high stack rockered shoe, sometimes I feel like that increases the risk for heel slippage. And so with this shoe, you can actually lock it down pretty well without having that heel rise and yeah. it still feels pretty comfortable. It doesn't feel like you're biting down into the top of your foot. So I think they did a pretty good job, honestly. I'm, I'm, I've been pretty happy with yeah. the Hoka Bond I8. Yeah. So the big question is, we're going to have a full review, a written review later. So this is just kind of, let's touch on this stuff. Is there anything you'd want changed? Anything you didn't like? Anything I didn't like? I mean, I do think they did a pretty good job. It's kind of funny. I just said, like, I complimented the tongue there. But, like, I do think they could probably streamline the shoe a little bit more. They did a pretty good job of doing so? that. I mean, already yeah. taking some weight off. Um. I mean, the upper material is pretty lightweight, but they probably could shave off a little bit more. I think the heel counter could also, like, they could maybe decrease a little bit of weight there, maybe have, like, half the height, perhaps, make it a little bit more 
flexible just to keep a little bit of structure but not have it be quite as rigid now it's padded really well it doesn't get in the way but that could also get a little bit of weight down um i think they did a pretty good job overall with the different cutouts and grooves that they did as far as the totality of the shoe goes they have a little crash pad right here to kind of give in but they probably could even take some of that foam out as well and give it a little bit more of a midline groove type presentation they have a little bit of it but they still have kind of like that extended piece coming out of the rear foot extended piece being this guy um not the heel flare the heel flare is there too but i feel like that's almost negligible i feel like because you're sitting right here anyways so it's just kind of a rounding of the shoe as long as you get that like end point to be directly under the foot, usually this isn't too much of a problem unless you're like a really heavy heel striker. But I feel like they integrated this a lot better than what was that? Uh, what was that other shoe? Why am I forgetting this? Clifton the, Edge um, Ten Nine. Yeah, sorry, Hoka. I hated that the the Clifton Edge. That was so uncomfortable. But this is a lot better. Where you can get rid of this stuff and you're actually going to land in transition. As long as that curve sits under the under the heel, you should be good. So I think I agree with you on that stuff. Honestly. Um, I think they could move that curve a little bit. I think having the heel just a little bit more posterior lateral, given that's where pe- most people are going to land, would probably be a little bit more helpful. I didn't have any issues just because the foam compresses so much. It's not really a problem. But I was excited when they talked about having a crash pad because I'm like, oh, David's going to be really happy they have a crash pad. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that there are definitely some ways they can probably decrease weight in the upper, but it's going to be a challenge because at the end of the day, this is not a fast shoe. It's meant to be the more premium version. It's meant to be, yeah, I mean, they can do that. You can cut some more stuff out of the the sole, but you also just got to be careful with that so things don't cave too much. So that's got to be a really tough balance. But I think, yeah, that actually might be an area they could get rid of some stuff and maybe potentially deepen those grooves, especially longitudinally. Because then you can add some additional guidance in there for rolling you forward. So, yeah, you're right. You know, For the listeners, I've just like put up, I don't know, five different shoes yeah. just pointing out crash pads. Yeah. Gets excited. But I think, again, Hoko, you've done a really great job. This is, yeah, lightest Bondi ever. It's still very highly cushioned. I'm liking the foam changes. Would I like to see some newer foams? Potentially, yes. But that might mess with the fact that it's such a popular walking shoe. So good job updating this. I think people don't have to worry. In terms of it's not going to be so drastically different that they're going to freak out because this is popular, right? People don't like it when you mess with things that they like. And I think they've done that just enough to improve it without changing the essence of what this shoe is. Any last thoughts on this? No, I agree completely. I mean, you put it on your feet. It's still a Bondi. It feels like a Bondi. It's got all the Bondi DNA. There's a couple of tweaks to it. I think that they are pretty decent sized tweaks, but at the end of the day, it still feels and rides like a Bondi. Right. They didn't have to change the whole thing. They were able to upgrade it without, with some pretty good stuff without messing with it too much. So we're going to have a little comparison review here just because there's some other shoes on the market coming out. And what we're going to talk about now, do you want to introduce it? Um, I could totally introduce it. Yeah, we're talking about the Mizuno Wave Neo Ultra. So basically, Mizuno is taking a pretty big stab at trying to create sustainable footwear. And I know sustainable is kind of a buzzword, but it seems like they're doing a genuine, authentic job of really pushing for this. And so they've got this shoe and another one that they're going to be offering. Um, This shoe does kind of fall in line a little bit more with, say, the Mizuno Wave Sky, Mizuno Wave Horizon. This is kind of like your maximalist cushion category. A lot of the materials in this shoe, if not all of it, have been recycled. So basically taking an upper that's been recycled, they didn't dye it at all to conserve water waste. The midsole is made out of castor bean oil. 
Um, I don't have the specs on the rubber itself. The rubber, I believe, is is it rubber gum or what is that tree? Ooh, that's a good. I believe you're right on that. Yeah, that I one don't, I don't have. I just know they've said that. I don't know if they let us know that full stuff yet. Yeah, yeah. everything. This is really yeah, it's they've, really they've cool. They made a so, big push. They they also have the recycled Mizuno Energy Core as well in the shoe. So yeah, despite this being a sustainable shoe, this is not a dull shoe by any means. This shoe actually has quite a bit of cushioning no. and bounce underfoot. One thing that they did, I think, really well as well with the outsole design, it's a lot flatter than a traditional outsole, but it still has those little like circular rings. I'm going to try and put it close to the camera here so you can see that. The lugs? Yeah, yeah, I don't even know if I'd call them lugs, but they, they create just enough traction underfoot there to give you a good sense of traction and a good sense of ground feel, but without getting in the way. And it also mm-hmm. makes that ride feel a little bit softer and less aggressive as well. And so... I believe stack height, I think it was, what, 39, 31, I think? 39 in the heel, 31 in the yep, foot, 30, so 8-millimeter so drop. 8-millimeter eight, eight drop, 10.9 ounces, men's size 9 with a 3-millimeter uh, sock liner. But it's just so cool to have this. It, and it, you know what? I, I totally agree with your comment you made. A lot of times, and this is not being rude, a lot of the fully recycled shoes just haven't had the same performance aspect as a lot of the current shoes on the market. And I think this is one of the first ones, in addition to the other one that we – I don't know if we can talk about it yet. Um, that feels like a performance shoe, right? This is this is basically an equipment. It's called the Wave Neal Ultra. It's kind of like in line, like you said, with the Sky, where it's not meant as a fast shoe, but it definitely handles really well as a daily daily training shoe and doesn't feel clunky, which is really nice because this foam. And I've already I'm already liking a lot of the Mizuno Energy and Mizuno Energy Light, but this foam is bouncy and it's really nice. Energy so, core. Yeah, the energy core as well. So they have there's three different energies, right? They have the Mizuno Energy Light, Mizuno Energy, and the Mizuno Energy Core, right? They've mixed all three of those into yeah. this while still making them like coming from recycled materials, which is really awesome. Yeah, I think it's a pretty interesting shoe overall. When you take a look at it from the outside looking in, it almost looks like a mid-top lifestyle shoe. It's got, <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way Which possible. Which you can definitely use yeah, it for. it's got a very aesthetically yeah, pleasing f- look. Don't mind all the dirt. I just did a bunch of miles in some trails in these. So you guys can look the other way on that one. Um, not a trail shoe, yeah. but it did okay enough, I guess. I didn't die. Like, and today I actually had a decent amount of rocks and stuff like that, and I didn't die. The runnable sections were fine. So it's, I put it just in line with most daily trainers as far as able to handle those types of things. Um, Todd, we were talking about sole flaring earlier. They got a little bit of it going on as well in the forefoot, a little bit going on in the yeah. rear foot. Actually, a lot of it going on in the rear foot. They got a little bit more. Um, the foam's a lot more compliant. So as far as like when you land, this this feels softer than the Bondi we were talking about earlier. It yes. definitely has a lot more give to the midsole, and that Energy Core does have quite a bit of bounce. It's something that I first experienced in the Horizon and Sky back when they were first putting it in shoes. And that midsole's fun. I like that midsole. And it's funny because it's like, it's not like the super fast turnover type of bounce. It just has enough give and bounce to it that like when you're running in daily paces, it doesn't feel as monotonous or redundant. It actually gives a little bit of life to the shoe. Not that you want to like really pound it into the ground, but it just kind of gives you that little sense of like, oh, I'm good. And so like today I did almost 18 miles in this shoe and I'm like 16 miles in. I still feel pretty good. You know, it's protecting my foot pretty well. I'm still rolling off the forefoot, still bouncing. My form hasn't broken too much. And 
I don't know. I feel like it's a it's a pretty good, long, easy effort type of shoe. I, I wouldn't do workouts in this. I will say that flat out. No, it's not. It's not meant for that. Yeah, and I believe last I weighed this, I want to say it was 10.4 ounces when I weighed it on my 9.5. So that's a pretty competitive competitive weight for a shoe in this category with that much stack. Yeah. Um, honestly, a really well done trainer t- for being fully recycled. Yeah. I think this and the other shoe are probably two of my favorite, if not favorite, sustainable pieces we've had so far. And I, I would agree on all that stuff where the foam's really nice. Upper is fully knit. I think that was a, that is nice, especially for, as walking around. It was a little troublesome for me in terms of security here, but I didn't. It wasn't too bad. But if you're not running fast, that was fine. But really comfortable up top. And this is a kind of a you know big move for a major company like Mizuno to debut a completely recyclable shoe like this, just because you know at the end of the day you got you have markets you got to sell to and that kind of stuff where it's not it's not the cheapest shoe, right? So it's coming in at two fifty for this. But their argument is you know just being able to create. The reduction of water use, of continue using like a fully recycled shoe. They're also saying this shoe has been way more durable for me than other ones. So I have about 70 miles on my pair and the outsole is still intact. So that's a this is my left shoe. So that's a really, really big deal. So they're hoping that, hey, you can get a lot of miles out of this while still basically saving the planet at the same time while still being on the truly run performance end of thing again not a fast shoe but it's definitely not a clunker it's definitely not slow it's really meant as a running shoe which is really challenging and as i mentioned some of the other you know renewable shoes haven't always been into that true performance like like true running shoe category they've kind of done a little bit better for fashion or for very like you know jogging very short distance but this again david you said you've done how long of a run in this shoe it was uh like 17 and a half today yeah, so I've done like similar, like 15, 16, and then had the same experience where, hey, it capes up. This is truly on that like high end line, which, yeah, it's really nice. And I definitely think that this is, there. people are moving in the right direction because previously you thought, hey, I can't make a performance shoe with renewable materials. But this, I feel like, really demonstrates, yes, you can actually do that. And the sole feels great. Yeah. I was really, really surprised. There's a lot of bounce to it. it it's just amazing what you can start seeing pe- people do when you start thinking outside the box. And I think that's really what this is. It's kind of like a concept car in a way that will actually be available, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think? I fully agree. I mean, it's in some ways, it's kind of similar to what Nike just did too with the turbo um, recycled one. And I know they just took Zoom X and recycled yeah. Zoom X and put it back in. I, I, I know how you feel about that shoe, um, but it's basically taking... I still feel like that one's more... I feel like that the the less turbo next I, nature is a little yeah, more fast. It's less. I, I, more, I gotcha, but some people could disagree with me. Um, where yeah. I'm going with this though is basically trying to take all oh, okay. the materials, recycle it, create a new life for said materials, and then really following through with that on the other steps of production as well. And so, with having right. the shoe be fully recycled, you could basically take the shoe, take it in, save it from a landfill, strip it of its materials, and then basically re-inject it into certain things and hopefully they can kind of keep a lineage of these types of shoes going in the future um but it doesn't sacrifice performance the materials is still really good i think this could potentially still be on par with some of the shoes i listed earlier in the podcast um becoming a shoe that i'm liking my first run this is one of the ones that i wasn't sold on my first run and then it kind of started growing on me more and so the yeah. well, meanwhile, the other one, I was like sold from the get go. I really like the other one. We'll talk more about that another time. But they both are doing really well for me now. 
And so, I don't know. I mean, it's just a good shoe that I like. If you look at it, there's really no major geometrical design to it. You have a little bit of a bevel. You have a little bit of a toe spring. It's all pretty neutral, but there's a lot of give in the midsole. It still has a little bit of flexibility for something so high up. And so we talk about a natural ride every once in a while, and it does feel like there's a little bit of natural flexibility up front. It lets your foot do what you want to do while still giving you that max cushion and still giving you a little bit of a bounce on the toe off. So I don't know. It's, it's a pretty lively shoe for the category. It is a little bit on the heavier end. I think I think yeah. I believe it was 10.4 ounces in my 9.5. Um, that's what I measured it at, I believe, Or when I did my sub really? two on it. Let me see. There's- we got to double check this because it was 10 point their their talk was 10.9 ounces for men's size nine so we got to double check this 10.6 wow yeah. so it's actually coming in lighter than it than the listed weight yeah. so it's not the 10.9 i mean and it, and it might be i feel like there's sensitivity to scales and there's give and take to these things um Right. I've even had jumps. Well, that's pretty solid. One of the Adidas shoes yeah. we did a while back, I had, what, 0.3 ounces difference between my left and right shoe. or It was, yeah. it was pretty high, I remember. And um, it happens, but... I, I love I love you, Adidas. I love you, Adidas, but that's actually been fairly common in my experience, is having different weights for different shoes. But, but yeah, I mean, you do your best to create good yeah. quality, like, yeah. consistent product to make it as close to right. the other pair as you can or other counterpart to the pair. Um, it happens, but yeah, I mean, I think it's a pretty comparable weight for the category. I think it's got a pretty lively ride. I mean, like by the end of that run, uh, today we were clicking off some like decent miles. I mean, we weren't going like super fast, but like for an easy day, it was starting to get a little bit quicker. Um, and that was at mile like 15, 16, 17, you know, and it was still doing fine. So big question, right? We've talked about the Bondi eight. Uh, we talked about cloud and the ultra, how would you? Obviously, they're going to be different concepts, right? So, Bondi Eight—they're both maximalist. Bondi Eight is going to be your classic OG maximalist walking running shoe. The Cloud Neo Ultra is coming in as this dramatically new, recycled, renewable shoe, but still trying to be, still being a performance trainer at the same time. How would you compare these, right? How how have you felt? Yeah, I mean they're similar in concept, but I think the ride's a lot different. I mean. The Wave Neo Ultra is a genuine neutral shoe. I think it rides pretty stable for being neutral yeah. and for how much softness there is. With that said, it's still very neutral. I mean, this is not something that's going to provide neutral. Yeah. any additional quote-unquote stability for your foot. Right. Um, the upper actually has decent security, but I did find I had to lock it down well as well. And I had to start a little bit more distally than I normally do to make sure that material was cinched in a little yeah. bit. Once I did that, it was fine. But um, Bondi 8's much firmer platform, not quite as bouncy, uh, not quite as, and I mean this in the nicest way, but it's not quite as fun as far as like having a bounce on the toe off. This is a little bit more rhythmic. It just kind right. of like, you know what to expect from that platform from the get go. Um, a lot more soul flaring, a much wider platform underfoot. Um this is kind of like that rhythmic, traditional rocker. I, I mean, I say traditional rocker. I mean, this is kind of the OG of it, like you said earlier. But in the last couple of years, I think people are getting more and more familiar with what a rocker feels like. Um, this is basically that. And so you have that beveled heel. You have that toe spring up front. You have a little bit of a firmer platform underfoot. Like you're just going to be in that cyclical kind of like rolling motion. 
um, yeah. for mile after mile. The, the Wave Neo Ultra doesn't give you that, but there's still quite a bit of decompression in the heel. There's a little bit of balance through the forefoot, a little bit more flexibility on the platform itself. So the ride feels a little bit more natural and you still have a little bit more balance at the forefoot. It's really going to cater to the needs of the individual, I think. Because if someone does need a little bit of additional stability, they do like it a little bit firmer. They want to feel like they kind of have a little bit of traction on the ground. I mean, the traction on the Wave Neo Ultra is still pretty darn good, too, I think, for the category. But yep. like the Bondi 8 is going to give you a little bit more of a stable feel, I think, when you're running. Um, at least for me, I do feel that way. Uh, however, I do feel like this one gives you a little bit more life to the actual ride of the shoe. And for my own personal yeah. needs, I do think I gravitate more towards a ride like this. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't like the Bondi 8. I actually really like the Bondi 8. It's just different shoes for different purposes. And they're both in the same category, which is kind of fun. It just shows you the variability even within the own ca- with the same category. I totally agree with what you said in terms of like, so I found the Bondi 8 to be more of a secure ride where I kind of knew what I was getting into. The upper is more secure. You're locked on the platform. And I call this a stable neutral shoe. Um, rides obviously a hair firmer just because it's, it's more EVA based. Whereas, and yeah, it's it's a rocker ride. That's what I'm expecting. The Neo Ultra is different given the, the three different types of Mizuno energy. It's got a lot more bounce to it. Upper is not quite as secure, at least for me. So, and way more neutral, especially with how soft the midsole is. Um, it's just, a, it's a different shoe. It's it's going to be a little, lot more bouncy. There's a lot more flexibility, which I was really surprised at. And actually, it took me a second to get used to, but still in the same category. You're going to be using this for easier mileage, for longer runs. It's going to depend on what you're looking for. And then also what, what you're kind of mindful of in terms of recycled materials. So if you want a fully recyclable shoe, this is going to be a great one. The other thing Mizuno is trying to do with this is make sure it's durable. So I actually am in the process trying to get 100 miles. And so far, it's been good because they're arguing... You know, shoes take about 30 to 40 years to, decom- to decompose, right? So that that makes a huge impact on the environment, especially with how many shoes this world goes through, right? So if you have a shoe that's more durable, how the question is, how is that going to impact some of that waste? So they're trying to think about not only how they're making the shoe, but what goes into it afterwards. So how's your experience been with durability? Because I think we've got some similar mileage on these, no, right? no, I haven't gotten to Do 70. We? No, not yet. I've been splitting between that and another shoe. And then another shoe I have like over 60 on, I think at this point, that I'm trying to hit a 100 mile Got mark it. for one of our video reviews. But How's the durability been for you? I mean, it's been good. You can't really tell I've run in it, to be honest, outside of dirt. Um, yeah. Tiny, tiny bit of abrasion there, you know, on the posterior lateral heel. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it looks just about as good as new to me. Um, yeah, durability has been good. I mean, I haven't noticed any, any major change rides sustained. Well, upper is holding up well, um, zero complaints for durability on my end. One random thing I will say, we didn't touch on it on the upper, the heel collar does ride a little bit higher. So I have found, I have to wear higher up socks. I don't run sockless. I'm not a heathen, but, um, (laughs) It does seem to irritate. I, I need to it's, have fair. my uh, my socks a tiny bit higher. So whether it's quarter to half or whatever, I can't quite wear like the low cut ones like I can in other shoes. Yeah. You can, but I kind of found yeah. myself like I had to like fold this guy back to try and make sure that would happen. Just wear higher socks. It yep. <laughs> your life will be better. Yeah, I would totally agree that I am a heathen and do try running sockless and shoes like this. And this is one I would not do. 
Um, the breathability is really good in this shoe, especially hot Southern California. It's the knit, fully knit upper, as flexible it is, is very, very breathable. So that's nice. But yeah, I would agree that socks are a must. Also because of some of the inner liners here at the rear foot. That just kind of like rubs just a little bit on there. But it's interesting. I've seen Mizuno do this a couple times. Not with shoes available in the U.S., but me geeking out. And I shouldn't say this because they're going to get mad at me. Um, about looking at shoes available over on uh, in Japan and going, oh, that's interesting. They did that. And then having to have a conversation with them going, don't buy that shoe. Please don't review it. So it's this is interesting. I'm curious about it. It does cause some rubbing. So please make sure you wear socks. But Overall, I'm actually really impressed is that they've created a shoe that is fully sustainable. They made a lot of efforts to have to improve its effect on the environment, not just before the production, but also afterwards and after you wear it. So I, I really encourage companies to start thinking about that because it makes a huge impact on the planet. There's a lot of waste associated with footwear creation and even what happens afterwards. So a lot of companies are trying to help with recycling shoes, but if you can make a shoe like this that lasts longer and is made has less of an impact before and after, I think it's going to do a really good thing for the environment because we do need to make sure we're taking care of that because we're going to hopefully be here for a while. Any last thoughts on this shoe? No, I mean, I think it just kind of plays to a larger conversation. Like, let's say the shoe is more durable. It lasts yeah. a little bit longer. You buy less shoes. There's less shoes on the planet, and it's yeah. a recycled shoe. Like, in theory you'll be able to turn this over and have less waste on the environment overall. And if we did that as a larger global community that could decrease our footprint on this planet by a decent margin. I mean, there's obviously other things going on yep. besides footwear on this planet, but it can at least be a right. small little thing in the right direction. Um, not to say that all shoes should go in that way. I don't know. I don't. That's above my pay grade as far as that goes. But as far as daily training yeah. miles, like you probably don't need to have some high tech PBAX foam in your training shoe. But I don't know. That's that's kind of maybe <laughs> maybe yeah. There are some bio based PBAX foams now, yeah. which is cool. So that actually are really good. But that's that's another conversation we've talked about. So. Yeah, it's cool to see companies moving not just in the performance direction because obviously, yeah, and that's cool that that shoe is that bouncy too. With so it's not like oh, this is like I'm trying to be sustainable, but this is a dud. It's like whoa, this has got some bounce to it. I'm really surprised, not in like a fast way, but like hmm. So it's cool to see what companies are doing with that, and I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen with that because I'm curious to see what happens when we start seeing fully you know, recyclable racing shoes. What does that look like? Is that feasible? Does that sacrifice performance too much? So these are big, big questions that, you know, we don't know yet, but we'll have to see what the future holds. So yeah, those are some of our talk thoughts on some of the maximalist shoes out there right now. We're going to have a lot more reviews for you. So obviously got the shift three coming out. We've got others on the docket, Nova blast three, uh, our reviews, but by the time this video comes out, that'll be out for a while, but yeah, there's some cool stuff coming out. And I'm really excited to see, especially for the end of the year. There's a lot of other, other people, other reviewers out there who I'm going to call out just because I just feel like it. Saying that they're like, tr they've already got their trainers of the year. I'm going to say, hold on a second. I think you got to hold on because I think there's still some stuff coming. We got, what, a couple more months left. So that's that's our thoughts currently. We appreciate you listening. This has been a really fun thing. We're already on episode 105. 105. I can't believe yeah. that we already got to put to up that. with me for that So we long. hit 100 a while ago. I know. Put up with each other. I know. It's been fun. 
So we really appreciate you listening. As always, there's lots of different ways to find us. We've got many different social media sites. We obviously have the website, which is the original where everything comes from. Lots of reviews there. Bach is doing a great job with some sustainability stuff. So please keep an eye out for that. He's going to have some really cool interviews, some cool concepts, because that's been really, really important to our conversation. But we also have a lot of reviews and some new concepts coming out that we'll be doing very quickly. Obviously, we also have Instagram. We're posting all the stuff that we're doing. YouTube is starting to grow, which who would have thought that would really take off, like especially between you and I doing all the videos. I, you know, I'm going to call say, out Nate on this one. Why? I'm going to call out Nate why? because I called this three years ago you and it just took some time to matriculate. Yeah. I think we just needed the efficient sub twos that were really, really helpful, but... At least to get me on board. But yes, lots of stuff on YouTube, lots of cool stuff. And I promise everyone, I've done a lot of initial reviews. I'm going to do final reviews on shoes. I promise, I promise also to get more content out because that's what it's all about, right? We've also got a LinkedIn. So please pay attention to that. So a lot of, we've got a lot of footwear developers on there, which is really cool. And there's some very cool conversations happening out that. We also got, is Box still doing TikTok? Maybe. I yeah, don't know. TikTok. We have an account. Maybe. I know we that much. All the social media sites. We have an account. We have Facebook, everything. We have Strava. So keep up with us there. And if you have any questions, please reach out. Know that we do take a while to get back to you, but that's because we're so busy because we do this on the side on top of having full-time jobs and other things like PhDs and stuff like that. Yeah, I would like to add, too, if anybody wants to go further on the sustainability conversation, Box doing a great job of getting a guide together and talking with some different yeah. companies. We've got some stuff from Reebok, Hylos, and there's like some other companies out there that are also making similar pushes to try and make sustainable materials. And not just from uh, foams and plastics, also doing it from biological and natural reoccurring materials like sugar and things like that. So uh, a lot of fun stuff down the pipeline, and it's kind of fun to see all these different biological materials being used as well. So if you want to go take a look at that, should be out very soon if it's not out already. Um, yeah. We're working hard on getting that out soon. Yeah. So lots of new stuff coming out. And my last comment for everyone is, yes, Bach talks a lot about sugar and will frequently say if it doesn't is not made of sugar, he doesn't want it sent to him when I'm talking about footwear. So I have actually sent him sugar cane and I might do it again. But anyway, I hope people are appreciate jokes. Appreciate you listening. Stay tuned. We've got lots of stuff coming. Appreciate you listening and hope everybody has a great run. Stay healthy and keep questioning things. 